0: G'day guys, welcome to TKE's playbook where I break down the winners, losers and black bookers from each game. I'll do this in written and audio format for the time being and i release it every Monday morning. Looking at the round of round one, I scored 838 which gave me a rank of 5716. Pretty happy with that, considering I started last year at 25,000. A few things to consider from this round. Look, it's round one, so don't freak out too much about your rank. It doesn't really matter at the moment. It's only a few points that really separate thousands of positions. So, like I said, last two seasons, started past 20,000 in ranks both years and finished in top 500 both years. So, it's a bit of a patient game, and this year we've got all these buyers and then we've got a long season as well. So make the corrections if it's going to make your team better and not just for the sake of doing it. Look, we had some like performances and the probably the biggest one was Lachlan Ilias. Rugby league, funny game where, you know, holding a ceiling week to week, probably unlikely, especially in the case of someone like Lachlan Ilias. So your trades will be crucial. So I wouldn't be giving up on a player Just after week one. So that's why we brought the three date rule in. Give people a sample and, you know, rugby league changes week to week. So a lot of it changes based on venue, teammates, playing conditions and plenty more. So it's March footy, it's hot and some teams have been You know, they've just had better preps than others, but what we're seeing now is probably unlikely to be seen when we're at peak in June and July, so don't base all your future plans just around round one. So back your research a little bit, don't lose patience, it's a very long season. You know, things like the Totola and for HIAs happen each week, so... It's going to happen to everyone. It's just the nature of the beast. So it doesn't make you a bad coach. So just get back on the horse. And then finally, NRL fantasy. It's just have fun with it, guys. You know, no one's going to remember your shitty score from this week. And you're not going to be buried with a tombstone that says TK is the greatest NRL fantasy player of all time. So just laugh it up, give it to your mates, and just have a good time. If you're up worrying about it at night or sending me private messages late into the evening, well, yeah, we've got a problem. But don't delete Yap yet. Let's have fun. We'll bounce back. Round two. We'll go on not too bad. So Now, let's rip into a little bit of game analysis. Actually, before we do that, player charges. There's fines for Adam Elliott, Ellie Katoa, Britton Decora, Braden Hamann Newelli and Kyle Felt. Wade Graham and Jordan Rapina. Silly boys facing three weeks each with early guilty pleas and then we've got Egan Butcher. He could be in a little bit of trouble for that hit we saw on Jared Wallace around the legs. Plenty of injuries, actually. Jay, Jay Arrow starting. He had a hamstring issue. Tavita Totola, he got knocked out. HIA, Latrell Mitchell, PCL, looking week-to-week week from the NRL Physio, saying probably more of a performance issue. Should be able to play. Jack Williams, HIA. Cameron Munster, compound fixture of, fracture of his ring finger, looking at two to three weeks. Xavier Coates, SC Joint sprain in his shoulder one to two weeks. Scotty Sorensen, HIA, Tyson Frizzell, HIA, Matt Lodge, HIA, Victor Radley, HIA, Sean Bloy, HIA, and Kieran Forum looked like it was a hamstring injury. If you didn't miss it, both Fermore unfortunately did his A C L. Greg Mazu has a hip pointer injury and Josh Papalee he has a calf issue and he's also unlikely to front up in round two. All right, now checking out the games. First game was Eels and Storm. Observations from there. Well, both teams having some starters, potential starters and big minutes players out. You had Parramatta, Ryan Madison and Sean Lane. Storm, you had Tarek Sims and Tui. I guess that's kind of forcing the current middles to play extended minutes. She had likes of... Well, Hopgood played the entire game, 84 minutes. Polo played 68 minutes. And then Kingland from the Storm played 81 minutes. So it's probably going to be hard for this to continue over 27 rounds. Especially if, if you do cop a, an injury, though, from a premium mid... I think both Walshie and Nass in those mid six hundreds might not be too bad. Both of them were looking pretty good off offloading Galore and Walshie's great to see him look fully fit now too. Probably both Katoa and Liero. I don't think you can just Prove their value off one game. Para had heaps of possessions. So both of them had probably inflated tackle counts. I think they both will work into the season, given they're both new on their edges and working combinations with their halves. So I think they're in a way better shape than someone like a Luke Garner. So stick solid. Probably need one of them. Don't need probably both of them. War Warbrick on his on the wing did his job two hundred thirty k player so continues to make money had a what a, he had like a twenty nine from memory so that's pretty good when you when you consider he didn't score any tries had two turnover tackles as well one hundred thirty meters gained so that was pretty good from him Dory expected slow burn. But similar to the Melbourne Edges, I think he'll work his way into the season with his combination with Mitch Moses. Now, Cartwright, he really stood out and was great for those who did take a punt. role wise I think he'd drive his coach crazy his edge defense was terrible and some of those offloads that he was doing were pretty erratic but we don't care in fantasy land do we about putting players under pressure I think it did also take a bit of a toll on deal bags and I think the thing about chasing Cardi now is where will Ryan Madison fit in two games so for me I think Maddo probably does need to come back in on that edge until Lane comes back so Cardi might be the one to actually make way given he's a little bit more versatile than Dory at the moment as well so I wouldn't chase him, but if you're looking maybe for maybe a lower risk, especially for Luke Garner, it might be a not Too bad option. But again, it was a little bit of an outlier game. So I am a little bit hesitant to just be chasing. Now, 12.5% of you own Cameron Munster. And I guess with the news of his two to three weeks out, you might need to trade him out. You're probably going to only lose about 20k, but you've got plenty to choose from. Probably a straight swap. It's unfortunate that you mainly have a buy because a straight swap would have been, you know, someone like a DCE. But if you've got halves cover, you might want to take a mid if you don't have one of these guys, Pat Carrigan or Tohu Harris particularly Toro Harris, because I know that he's a pod play at the moment. Last one from this one, Josh Hodson. He surprisingly actually played 84 minutes, scored a decent 45, however, the most of it was in the first half. He really, at the moment, can't pass right to left, put heaps of pressure on a Dillbags. I felt sorry for Dillbags who scored 33, but his dummy half wasn't passing to him properly, and then he had Cardi Party just running everywhere, just a little bit erratic there. So look for that to maybe settle down, and I feel sorry for him considering the... Combination that he had, did have with Sean Lane. In terms of Black Book, Bronson Garlic came in late for the last 20 minutes. Heaps of energy, and, yeah, it was just really good in defense. So if they, if they ever do turn to him for a starting position down the track, I think he won't let you down. Now, moving to the next game, Warriors and Knights, the guy, Tohu Harris. He's back, and he's back huge. 80 minutes. Old school Tohu, 145 metres gain, 51 tackles, and offload and a turnover. All class, and I wish I had him right. 2.8% of you do, and good good news for you guys, because you guys got yourself a little pod. I think the best thing, I wouldn't be chasing him, but the best thing about this is when we go to offload some of our origin players, the likes of Cotter, Kass, and Carrigan, we've got someone that we can turn to straight away that is going to be consistent, and let's just hope he just holds his health, because he's looking great. Now, Wade, Wade Egan, he started the game not so great, it was unusually pu- poor passing early in the game, but worked his way into the game and he even scored the match winner. So he knocked out a 64 fantasy points wise, played 66 minutes, which is good because when Jazzy's back, this is probably likely to be where he's sitting at. He did score that try, as I mentioned, four tackle breaks and a turnover, which kind of is un you know it's not regular so but you can't hate on the people that actually did take a chance in round 1 he is relatively cheap but again I wouldn't be chasing him because his score of 64 you take out what i just mentioned and is probably closer to a low 40 score now chance he was very busy both fantasy wise and NRL wise, and he had a try in his 51. Really good try as well. I just think that that 51 is his ceiling, especially when you consider the opposition. So I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't be going out and rushing to him if you don't have him right now. Now, SJ, he was on one fantasy points after 25 minutes. It took him a long time to get going. 46 was decent in the end, and he started running, which was encouraging. Kicking game. I know there's a lot of kicks in his actual game, but erratic to say the least, I wasn't impressed with that at all. And I guess when you're only scoring 46 against a really bad team in the Knights, it's probably close to nearly a ceiling for him. So I think against the tougher teams, he will struggle across the season. Can see him kind of averaging somewhere between that kind of, I don't know, 36 to 40. I think that's fair for him. Jackson Ford looked great for his 44. He did have 14 demerits, so I think that will improve as it goes on. I can see him kind of being like a bit of a Jeremiah Nanai. Like, they just fall off tackles from time to time, but do some really good things with the balls in their hand. Like, he's cheap, right? Dual bench option, so if you don't have him, get him in pretty quickly because I think we'll see more and more of Jackson Ford as the season goes on. Now, the Knights, major issues there, I think. Their halves are clashing at the moment in styles and they're going to have to think about how they're both going to change a little bit. Hastings just digs into the line so deep that it puts pressure on Ponga, who's used to having a lot more time and space. This is also forcing Ponga to throw unnecessary passes, which just are just going to ground. So he did lay on a a nice first try, which I thought would get his confidence up, but pretty much he was unsighted until he was taken off for that last 10 minutes when he copped that HIA, which was kind of a little bit unusual as well. Uh, Yeah, I also think they were going to continue to overreact given his past record. So... Unfortunately, that's kind of where Kalen lies at the moment. Hastings did score well, but I just think he will struggle to break fifty as his style of play probably doesn't lay on tries. Now Lockie Miller, he did Lockie Miller things. I was really happy with what he did do and he continued to improve. I think he'll range in that 35 to 45 game a sport points scoring. He's just got a very fantasy relevant game with his touches and his tackle breaks, and I guess from time to time he'll score a try and then his score will go above fifty. I don't mind the slow start of Adam Elliott, given that we've already, we're have already we pretty loaded in the mids at the moment. So just let that yeah, price just keep dropping and dropping. Probably take him about a month, I reckon, to work into full fitness and then come back. Daniel Saifidi actually did really well in terms of a fantasy sense. I didn't think that he took the game in terms of a leadership or a dominant mid sort of situation huge, but he did score 47 and 53. So playing fantasy here. Decent mid-range option if you do get an injury in that department. Now, it's Murray Martin. Now... He did have a 25. It's kind of where we thought he was going to lie, especially when he's not kicking. SJ's literally doing all the kicks. So unless they start to balance that out, which I think they should because it's just getting a little bit too obvious where the ball's going. So I think they should level that out. Not sure what Joshi Curran's done to his noise coach. I know he had a, you know, some off-field indiscretions over the off-season, but... I think they do need to get him into that starting lineup at some stage. He's going to lose 40k already from this and want to keep that break even is going to get higher and higher, but probably someone to keep an eye on, especially down the track because I'm sure that over a long season, he'll definitely get a start at some stage. Now, Paul Tyson-Frizzell actually came out of the game, you know, with a HIA, but he started really well. It's just one of those unlucky things with fantasy coaches. It, you just can't pick that, so... Keep the faith in him. He actually looked really, really good. So just hope the, hopefully he can turn around and be back for round two. Black book, no one for that game. Now the Panthers and Broncos look, the Panthers look really underdone. They've had five weeks preseason post the World Cup, only had that amount of time to really adjust from losing Appy and Kickout as well. So I wouldn't put all the hate on Mitch Kenny. I actually thought he was pretty good. The Broncos won that middle quite comprehensively as well. So and by the time Sonny Luke came on, like it was much different. It was tired. So I don't think yeah, I know that Kenny's not he's just no frills player, but I don't think you need to hate on him or make him go to the bench or anything anytime soon. Now now, Carrigan and Haas, I was glad I had both of those. Godlike, I guess the biggest question is the 70 minutes from Carrigan and the 65 from Haas, will that continue? They did lose Tony Staggs to the HIA for 15 minutes, which forced Cape Ball to the centres and then a normal mid-rotation play and Pagliacia onto an edge. Flegler played his normal 40 minutes. Jensen got 47. T'Pau got 18. So but probably will be the interesting one. Probably can find a few more minutes for him. So I probably do expect Carrigan somewhere in that 60 to 65 range and Haas in that 60 to 65 range as well. The Broncos, I think they actually do have potentially the best centre pairing in the comp. Herbie had two opportunities, smashed them both. Because Tony didn't see any ball, but he was smashing everyone in his path. Now, really impressed with both. Stag's owners... Don't worry about him. He's 26 this week, could be a 60 next week. Just the style of player he is. We knew that when we were picking him up. Now, he got his HIA check and cramping, so only played 57 minutes. So, still pretty good output, 26 in 57, not touching the ball. Really excited to see Walshy come back next week for both of these two guys because I think their distribution, his distribution is just different to Cobo. Cobo is a good fullback, but he doesn't ball play. So, I think they will both take advantage of that. Little Ezra Mann, he's super impressive. Smallest guy on the field, folding everyone. Only issue, still seven missed tackles, which is something that he'll have to dra- drastically improve before worth any consideration. Turning to the Panthers, Cleary, he had a few points added on after full time, but literally 90% of, I think, strong fantasy coaches at the moment captain him, so I wouldn't worry too much. 60 at his kind of lowest is still pretty good. Big adjustment still coming without Appy's service, and even though Kicker doesn't... Play his edge. Kikau plays. He just creates huge momentum for the team and ruck speed. So this will affect Cleary. So they're just got to find a different way. Cleary's got to adjust to this as well. So I'm expecting, like, if they're kind of at their worst and he's scoring 60, there's going to be a point in time where he just absolutely goes bananas. Now, early season, it is about making some corrections. And I think if you own Luke Garner, it is time to correct. Now he played 50 minutes before Ricky Stewart's gutless dog replaced him That's Jamin Salmon. I think that combo with dry mute. Luai is going to take a little time to actually adjust. i would offload to one of the Melbourne pair If you don't have them already, or if you don't want to spend it and you want to bank some money, maybe go to the Cardi party for a couple of weeks and just digest what's happening elsewhere. Now, Black Book's uh, Sanua Turavua, now he scored 34 with no tries. Parked on that left wing, 161 metres gained, three tackle breaks. Issue is how long they persist with Brian Toho on the right wing, who literally was unsighted pretty much all game. Sonny Luke, I think he did got a try in that impressive score. He only got 26 minutes. So it'll be interesting to see where that lies moving forward. It is hard to get him into the game pretty much earlier than that unless they start him, right? But I can't really see that. thing with Sonny Luke, he's not the greatest defender. Do you want him starting at the start of the game? Probably not. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that does lie. But it is a tidy emergency, but I think you need it to be on from round one. You'll be chasing your tail a little bit, even in round two. Now, the Doggies versus Manly, mainly ultra impressive. For this one, just turning the Doggies, I think Serraldo needs to take some responsibility for this one. Naming Lou Brown at lock was super weird, given he had a rookie fullback and centre in the lineup already. Tough six games ahead. Storm Tigers, New Zealand, Cowboys Souths, Eels and Sharkies. Matt Burden just isn't there at the moment. I think limited preseason coming back from the World Cup and also the surgeries in no doubt affecting him negatively. We'll take a little while to get going and I think if you're, you could consider getting him off, off him right now. But the thing is, you're probably going to miss the Tigers in New Zealand game. So maybe three date him. I wouldn't be going into him just yet. Let that price keep dropping and dropping and then maybe pick him up once he's worked his way into the season. Reed Marty was super, carried his team, 73 fantasy points, scored a ni- n- nice little try. Just a ball of energy. So just across the park, I thought he was their best player by a mile. If you do want a gun hooker and you cop an injury to someone above your 700k, I think maybe you just lock him in because you're playing a lot of good footy this year. Now, Paul Al- Alamotti, don't give up on him yet because literally he's the two best players in the team, Kickout and Burden had absolute shockers. So they, like I said, they've got those games in the Tigers and New Zealand coming up. Sure, he'll make plenty of money. So don't give up on him just yet. Ryan right Sutton, he actually had a pretty nice game. Scored a 47. So, he did fulfill his potential of being a mid-40s guy. I just worry about with TPJ around the corner where he lies if he's going to continue those minutes. Do have a young bench, so they probably he probably can, can if he can continue to have that output. Still score well. I just don't want to chase him because I just don't know what the TPJ addition will mean. Now, New Brown had a decent fantasy score, 37 too much pressure though at 13 I just don't think he's big enough to play that role at Manly DCE just flew right right under the radar 3% owner was a vintage 3 tries in his 88 fantasy points was just yeah it was just brilliant but I wouldn't be chasing him round 2 by otherwise yeah that would be a straight swap for people that own Munster now Turbo he had some really good touches scored 39 had a try and a try assist I don't think he's 100% fit or confident yet around that 55 minutes he got off into the clear did pull up and tried to pass the ball so just don't think he's 100% there. He was actually taken off with 20 to go, but then he had to come back on when they had the HIA to Lachlan Croker, pushed Weeksy into nine. They, I wouldn't go chasing him now. Like I was telling you before the start of the season, you either had to have him at round one, then they've got the buy Eels, Souths, Knights, Penrith, and Storm ahead. So I think if you're an owner-persist, I think he's going to get better and better. Don't go chasing in because he's always got a high risk of injury. Now, Kepi, he got pushed to the bench, but still got his 40 minutes, where I expect him to get that every single week. Looks solid, scored 35, makes some nice money to throw it in the faces of people hating him. Now, Black Book, Jacob Preston, unfortunately, he did come on around 20 minutes in, 18 minutes from his 53, sorry, sorry, 27 minutes in. Tried his heart out, but there was a few different HIOs happening, so it was pushed between edge and centre, so... Yeah, given his price is not going to go anywhere. So I guess he's worth a look if he does start. I think RFM's more suited to lock anyway. KO Weeks, just classy throughout. He'll get his chance at some stage, I'm sure. Ben Trevoevich is another one who could get an opportunity if something happens to one of the edges. Now, Cowboys versus Raiders. Robson and Cotter just back to their best. Absolute gun players. I guess it kind of shows that maybe trials aren't everything because both of them didn't go that well against the Broncos in that last trial. Cotter is just great because... He's just so consistent. Now, he doesn't have the talent of a Carrigan, Murray, Radley, or Tarpany. But what he does, more than any of them, is just work his ass off, right? Two hundred and sixteen meters out in m- meters gain in this one, 35 tackles, and how sexy is his mullet? Like if you don't want to like the thing with Tarpany, he's got such a huge upside. But if you don't want to run the roller coaster of Tarpany every week and you just want consistency, just go with Cotter, because he's the man. Now with Tarpany Don't freak out. Conditions didn't suit him. He still had 39 tackles and 122 metres gain. So his base is there. Issue. 12 demerits. Also only had one tackle break and one offload. So you're going to get this from time to time with Joseph Tarpenny. Who knows? Next week, he's got the Dolphins. He could smash out an 80. But if you want the consistency, as I mentioned, get the Cotter or Carrigans in. But if you want the ceilings, stick with Tappany. Still has Papa. He's one-two punch to come back. And I just think his fitness will just keep going as the season goes on. I don't think he'll play much more than that 50-55 minutes this year. That Ricky kind of likes it for some reason. Oh, well, Ricky's a bit of a crazy one. Imre Gula, first ever try, knocked out of 56. Good cash. Again, don't go chasing players who had career games. Val Hones in the centres beautiful performance. I think he'll be a top three centre by year's end. Thanks, Scoop. But very intriguing battle with Stagsy coming up in round two. Drinking was a little bit disappointing. He had two tries for only 40. was a little bit off, I th- thought, in ball playing. I thought that Chaddy and Tom Dearden were way better than him. But again, it's hard. Spine, you know... A lot of different variables happening in that game, so I wouldn't be totally off him, but just monitor that. The other disappointment was in Nani. I think it's one of those old signs of, you know, you sign your fat contract and maybe you lose a little bit of motivation because he did nothing out there yesterday. So as those silly demerits in his defensive game. He's 16.5% owned, so a lot of people putting faith in him. His opposite edge was Hudson Young, who had a really quiet game. Tried to start about five or six fights. That was pretty much all he did all game. And he ended up with 14 demerits, which was kind of unusual for him. Jamal Fogarty had really light kick metres, 181 versus Wyden. He dominated this area with 409 kick metres. So... Just track that because you need Fogg scoring big kick metres every single week. So that was kind of very, very unusual. Starling was close to best on ground. Scored a really nice try. Did play 43 minutes between lock and Hooker. But who knows with Sticky. That could be 30 or 60 next week. The last one, Harley Smith Shields. 9% of you own him. He does look a little bit lost in the centres. So I'll be putting him back onto the wing. I think you'd get more just more production from him there. Still had decent run metres, 168 and did have a couple of tackle breaks. Could have easily nearly won in the game. They did a left edge move on the halfway line that ended up over the touch line, and he dropped the ball. But yeah, he was, in, he was in a little bit of space there. But don't give up on him as well. He's going to get more opportunity now with Rappen, and not going to be on the sideline as well. So he could be a permanent fixture who could just be a little bit of a slow burn there for sure. Now, Black Book's solo. Now, he had 34 scoring in his 33 minutes starting. I guess... I wouldn't be rushing in because I reckon that Papa probably is round three coming back in the front row there for the Raiders. And now the Sharkies and Rabbitohs. Now, this one hurt me. Now, it's pretty good first half, but then the Rabbitohs totally dominated. Love Lachlan Ilias. Now, He just continues to grow from last year's finals, right? 71 fantasy points. Very dominant performance, and I guess South's fans will just be loving that. I think the biggest thing that South's fans will take out of this game is the fact that they attacked right more than they did to the left, which was very, very unusual, but now they're balancing up two sides that are very strong, and why wouldn't you go down the right side when you've got the likes of Campbell Graham and, uh, you know... Isaac Thompson down there. So he absolutely smashed it. Campbell Graham smashed it. He had two tries and 66 fantasy points as well. I think with Ilias, I wouldn't be going to chase him because I think that 71 is him at his very best. So that 71 could become 20 next week. But just be very, very careful because he's still a young, very player. And yeah, I just don't think that you need to be chasing him too much. Impressive again for the South Sydney was Totola knocked out in the first play of the game. They lost Arrow very, very... Early in the game with a hamstring injury, as well. So Radic minutes all around. Cam Murray had to play 80 minutes, which I don't think is realistic for a rep middle. I think he'll come back to that 65-70. Shaq Mitchell had 45 minutes. Mowali, 39 minutes. So I don't think that's repeatable each week. Both might turn into nice cashies, though, particularly with Arrow, who's out long-term. If Nico Hines does come back quicker than expected, you could easily turn tricky into one of these guys as well. So just keep a little bit of money in the bank. Trell Mitch, he had quite 61 points. Didn't do much because he was carrying injury for most of the game, but... Pleasing to see that he could rack up that much without doing too much at all. His goal kicking through the roof at the moment just striking really well. Cookie did cookie things, so he looked great for round one. Colin he'll be close to the best edge in the comp right now. He was a beast. He must be in Brad Fittler's sights because he was just super dominant out there. Just bullied Matt Moylan and Siffer all night. Actually bombed a try as well. So when you think he scored 63, that could have been 75 or so as well. Speaking of tricky, Trindle. Now, he was set for a huge score with a very dominant first half. He was actually robbed of a try, assists, shocking call by the touchy to deny Katoa a try in the corner. Did his job with 420 kick metres, but really wasn't really effective with his normal kicking game, and and that try denial also affecting his score. Gut feel from the sources, and even hearing Fitzy speak after the game, I still think Nico Hines might be two or three weeks away, so I wouldn't be just rushing out. But like I said, you've got the south pair of mids if you need to trade tricky Trindle anyway. Now, Teague Wilton, he knocked out a 45. He needs to be better in defense, though. Eight missed tackles. I think this had something to do with issues with Moylan and also Sifra Taylor-Kai as well. Now, he had 38 tackles and 113 metres gained, also had a try. Off a grubber kick from Moylan. He was flying out the line. I think that was to actually nullify play and really just try to help both Moylan and Sifa, who was just on another planet all night. Now, those demerits, they do need to get better. And I still do think that the absence of Nico does affect him because Nico just lifts the team overall. So, look for Wilton to continue to go from strength to strength. Lastly, Isaac Thompson, very decent, knocked out of 34. He actually did a drop ball over the line, which, so, his fantasy score could have been, you know, something like mid-40s or something like that. Base of 173 metres and nine tackle breaks. Very fantasy relevant player. Given that he does have a duel, he is player someone that I think that you do need in your fantasy team, and I think that that will be his spot moving forward. Tane Mill can actually play in the forwards as well, so... Wouldn't surprise me if he takes Taff's spot on the bench. Now, Black Book, Shaq Mitchell and Davey Moali, I didn't mention them. Kind of outlier games, though, depending. So it's going to depend on the health of Totala and Arrow moving forward. Mid-depth, they actually have Daniel Saluka for feeder. And then they've also got a pending Hamae Hame- Sele. So I wouldn't be going rushing widely in round two just to get him. Sharks, it would be interesting to see how much they possess with cipher at centre. Given that Way Graham is going to get suspended... I think that maybe classy center Kyle Iro waits in the wing. So if he's promoted left center, Siffer back to the bench, that's the guy that I would be all after because that kid is a stud. And the Sunday games to finish Dolphins versus Roosters. What an upset there. Great to see the, the Finns get up there. But how good, the GOAT Mark Nichols hitting a 74 with zero demerits. So great to see a bloke with so much heart just absolutely smash it. We should have backed... What O'Reilly and Jackie were saying in the offseason, I know that it is 74 with a try, but again, it is an outlier game, so I wouldn't be chasing him if it means ripping your team apart. If you've got the cash, though, and maybe someone like Garner, then you probably could consider him. Hammer did look on the pace. He looked great. He looked on pace to hit a bit of a tonne, But he had great energy and speed, and then, I don't know, he only scored 52 in the end, which kind of was weird because he just seemed everywhere on the day. Again, I wouldn't be ripping your team apart just to get him. Jerry Marshall King, easily the best Kiwi hook on the field today. Destroyed the cheese, destroyed the chooks. Really impressive running game, 127 metres gained, so someone to keep an eye on there. Set up the first ever try for the hammer as well. Felice Kafusi, probably the most consistent range player I've ever seen. Always in that 38 to 42 range every single week, but he's just not relevant. But great to see him get angry on there. Was a very, very good TV watching. Isaiah Katoa, unfortunately, despite some nice touches, he had a couple of hands in a couple of tries, but unfortunately, not the try assist. He also bombed a try near the post as well. Playing second fiddle, pretty much kicking game with O'Sullivan. Doesn't really have too much points. In him, he had 20 points in demerits. Corbs did point out about his defence in the preseason as well, so I don't think that's going to get much better. Sam Walker for the Roosters, probably their best, scored a 43, had 20 demerits, so he just couldn't get going, especially with the middle getting owned by the Dolphins. He had, yeah, like 20 demerits. Teddy was the same. Teddy had... Yeah, he had a 30. Very quiet performance from him. couple nice touches here and there. Sueli, the same. Did some nice things. Looking a lot more comfortable now, but could still only manage at 29. Lindsay Collins was probably their best forward. He knocked out a 54 and 56 minutes. Both Radley and Lodge getting rubbed out with HIAs. Egan Butcher, he was kind of off the pace today. He did include a sin bin, so but don't give up on him after one game. Cheese got out of thirty six despite going off with a HIA as well. Sixty minutes. I really love the rotation between hooker and lock for him. But at the moment, I guess with Bradley's HIA mid game, no Connor Watson. Unfortunately, he's probably going to continue. The Chooks look they do this a lot early, trick us into you know thinking they're going to have this mad start to the season. It never happens. So, unfortunately, who knows? The Warriors might upset them this week, but it is a good bounce back game for them. Yeah, nonetheless, Black Book, you would say Katoa, but it's just one of those things is if they start losing a few games, how long does he hold his spot? And then where can he actually generate the actual points from? So if you do have him, I'd probably consider maybe trading him out if you don't have any other spot fires to put out. Last game, Tigers versus Titans now. With Fermo out, Fafita switching to the left edge. Probably a little bit better suited, I think, on that edge. Had a really good first half. He racked up the merits in the second half to really shrink his score. Could have been much higher than that. It's only 6.3% owner at the moment as well. So one of the few remaining guns in pod territory. Teno was a major disappointment. He only scored 30 in 59 minutes. Again, another one hit hard with the merits 16. In the middle, Aaron Clark only saw 28 minutes. So that's a little bit of a killer. And he's limited time probably, not giving much value. So you're going to have to see a lot more than 28 minutes to get anywhere close to our fantasy teams. After a slow start, Adam Dewey really carried the Tigers, ended up with 67, scored a trice, laid one on. Looked really the only man that could really pick things up for the Tigers. Ipat 59 and Clem 58, so they played huge minutes, but it's just one of those things that they probably didn't have the impact in our role-wise to really inspire the team. Stefano got the minutes 50, just had limited production, only scored a 30. So where's that bloke hiding from 2021? Going nowhere near him for the time being. Twally, he was great coming back from all his head knocks. 63 minutes, worked his way to a nice 63, and he actually did look like he was working out there as well. But at the moment, all these guys do seem a little overpriced and do you want any more Tigers butt doing in your team? The Cashies killers at the moment. Absolute killers. We lost Blore after 18. 18 minutes for the HIA. Talarani scored a 16 before coming off with cramp, while Khan Pereira, he scored a negative one, not to forget for him. Of all the centres, look, nah, got to put my hand up, Naden was looking good, man. He scored a 39, he looked athletic, and he looked lively for a change, 194 metres gained, and he had 10 demerits. What's with everyone with these demerits this week? Maybe it's the sweat, I don't know, but... Yeah, hopefully they will fix that. Black Book, Asu Kapao, I think that's his you pronounce it, K-P-A-O-A, Kepbauer. Oh, I don't even know how to say his name. It's so late at night now. Place Blaw on the air, dripped out of 3,264. Actually has a center wing jewel. He's around that 400K mark. So keep an eye on him. <clears throat> Could be someone, if you date, yeah, I guess the, the biggest thing is, is Bateman going to be back? There was something they were talking about on Fox about him being underweight. I'm not sure after the picture that I saw him of him the other day if he's underweight or not, but time will tell. All right, guys, that was the playbook for this week. Tuesday night, we'll be back with TLT. Last night, the the Kiwis released Sunday with the Kiwis, so check out their thoughts from the round that just was, but we'll have a full, you know, Wednesday, we'll also have the boys on Thursday Q&A, and then again Sunday, so plenty of... Plenty of content to come your way, so stay tuned for that. But thank you for a great round one, and we'll check you Tuesday night.